So, Father, this morning, thank You. Come on. Lord, thank You that You're amongst us this morning. Lord, I felt Your presence, even pre-service prayer, right into the music, and even through our time of offering. Father, I have felt You moving. And this morning, I thank You that You would help us. You would help us to receive Your Word. Come on. It's Your Word that is truth. Your Word is the standard for our life. And this morning, Father, we open ourselves up to receive to hear and to do what it is You are asking of us this morning. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us just to focus. Help us to maintain our attention on Your Word. We thank You again and again for the opportunity to gather together in Your name. We give You praise and glory in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Amen. I feel like I need like a little like, uh, like a suitcase coming up here these days. Come on. Praise God. Let me get situated here. But last week we talked uh, about the requirements of faith. And the Holy Spirit has been on me about faith and how important our faith is. And, and last week we discussed the, the idea that we can't even get saved without faith. It takes faith for salvation and it takes faith for healing and it takes faith for deliverance and it takes faith to make the impossible possible. And so we've been talking about that, and I wanted to stir you up in your faith because sometimes it's very easy to get going through life and just go through the motions, right? We look at our calendar, or, or those who still wear a watch with a little date on the bottom here, I don't know if the watches are getting smaller or what's happening here, but I think it's the 23rd today. I know it's Sunday. I know i got to go to church. Sunday is when we do church, check it off, and move on with life. But I don't think that Capital City Church is about checking off religious duties uh, done, completed. I think we're about building something great. I think about, about the fact that there is a nation that is in need of salvation. A nation that is in need of Jesus. More than ever before, this nation needs a plan. It needs a purpose. It needs to be reminded that it was founded on Scripture. It needs to be reminded that there is a good God who loves us who is for us, who is with us, who made a way so that we could be reunited and rejoined with Him. But it's going to take faith. Come on, somebody. And so therefore, we have been labeled in this city, let me put it here for you, the Faith Church. And although it's been meant at times as a poke and a jab, we always take it as a compliment. Thank you for noticing. Praise God. Because I know you. And I know me, and I don't want to be a part of the fear church. Come on. I don't want to be a part of the doubting church. When my life's a mess, when I need healing in my body, I don't want to go to the almost church. I want to be in a faith church. I want to be in a church where people are going to rally around and believe God like it's themselves who's in the middle of that pit. And so I've been stirred up in my faith because it's easy to go through life. And just start riding out the motions. Life has a way of kind of dulling us down. You, you, you know this. You, you're reminded. You know, when I first got saved, come on, think about when you first got saved. Was there anything that you wouldn't do for Jesus? Was there anything you wouldn't say for Jesus? Come on. I got saved. And I'm not proud of this moment. But I was 16 years old. I got saved on a Sunday. I went to the, the evening baptismal service testimonies were shared. And I thought to myself, these people are just telling how good God is. I'm going to go around telling how good God is to everybody I know. 
So without any sort of proper training, come on, you know where this is going. I got up in the middle of our hallway where everybody was on their spare at school, and I said something to the effect that Jesus is blank, d blank, the blank, blank, Savior. And I hadn't been redeemed yet, so I hadn't been restored yet. I was still a work in progress. But one thing I knew is that Jesus had changed my life, and one way or another, somebody was going to hear about it. To the point where I think by the time I graduated high school, in the year and a half that I had left, I had led something like 37 of my peers to the Lord, had started a Bible study, had the local nun showing up, dancing in the front row as I played my old rusty guitar, four chords behind bars, and never on key, Matthew, which is why they never let me sing. I'm okay with it. But I knew this. That if there was going to be a change, it was going to start with me. And it was going to start with the faith that I was able to put out there. Just think about when you first got saved, how radical you were, how on fire you were, and then look back and say, was there ever a time, was there ever a place where all of a sudden my faith became a little dull? Maybe it just became a little mundane. Maybe, maybe I let it slip. And so I'm here this morning just to remind us that, yes, there are requirements of faith. But my friends, can I share with you this morning, there are results of faith. And the results may be something that maybe you've not even thought of or maybe you've never come to understand in this morning. Other than the things that maybe you perhaps are believing for, there are other results of faith that begin to manifest themselves in our life. And you begin to understand when you highlight these results why it is so important to walk by faith, to live by faith, to speak by faith, to act by faith. And you'll begin to understand why being part of the faith church isn't such a bad thing after all. And so we're going to reread the story in the Bible that we read last week because we're going to continue on seeing what the results of faith were in this particular story. And if you weren't here with us last week, we, we're sorry we missed you, but we're glad that you're here today and you get to play catch-up, just like me through my entire high school career playing catch-up. Turn with me to Matthew 14, verse 22. We're talking about Jesus walking on the sea. Verse 22, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea. You ever feel like sometimes you're stuck in the middle? Right? So you're no closer to the other side, but you're further from the side that you left. You're being tossed back and forth. Maybe that's you today. They're being tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost! They cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them. I like that. Immediately, Jesus calms the situation down. Not leaving his disciples hanging. Not some form of twisted humor like let them suffer a little bit. That'll learn them. That'll teach them. They've been with me for some time. They should know better by now. But it says immediately. Some of you this morning, you need an immediately in your life. 
And the kind of immediately that you need is a word from Jesus. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out, there it is again, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they had got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him saying, today you are the son of God. Truly, you are the Son of God. Sorry, the light hit that the wrong way. But today, as well, you are the Son of God. It, it fits, okay? Praise God. And so last week, like, we talked about the requirements of faith, and, and the three things that we had really kind of focused our attention on was the fact that we were going to need some vision, we were going to need some courageous faith, uh, faith and we were going to need to maintain our focus. We talked about the fact that there's so much out there that is vying for our focus and our attention, and it is a constant battle to make sure that we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, who is our all in all, the source of everything we have need of, our strength, our joy, our peace, our salvation. And so we decided last week, I asked you to be bold, and I asked the question, who wants to walk by faith? And I think most of you or all of you should have put your hands up. And I said, great, let's do it. Right? Because here's what happens, is that walking by faith is a decision. And it's a decision you make once, but it's also a decision that you make on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. Everything that we approach in life, everything that we come before, whether it's the good times, whether it's some times of trials or difficulties, whether it's something that is a byproduct of choices we've made, or whether we have no choice in the matter, this I know is that moment by moment, day by day, I have got to make sure that I am a, in a place, in a mode, a mindset of faith. Because it's only faith that's going to get us there. We're to walk by faith. We're to live by faith. We're to react by faith. Come on, some of you. Right? We, we, we need to understand that, it, that, that faith is crucial. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I don't know about you, but I want to be one who, who, who's pleasing to God. So this week, we're going to look at the same section of Scripture, but we're going to observe some results of walking by faith. Now, you know, perhaps you're here today and you're believing for something. Maybe some of you are believing for your first home. Maybe some of you are believing for a job. Maybe some of you are believing for a spouse. I don't know what it is you are believing for, but ultimately what you are believing for, that thing, that thing shall come to pass. However, in the process, there's many other results that we can enjoy and thank God for that will create an atmosphere of faith developing in us and around us and for us. And one of those things, if you're taking notes, the first result that I love is that walking by faith will stimulate your prayer life. It's like an injection of faith. It's, it's like a cold drink on a hot day. When you begin to walk by faith, what ultimately happens is without 
fail, your prayer life begins to take a turn. Your prayer life begins to go on the up and up. All of a sudden, you found a new found joy in praying. Praying is not something you know that you should do, but praying is something that you actually do. Praying is something that you have in front of you at all times and in all places. You don't just say, Lord, bless this food. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And that's your prayer life. It's, that's it. Let me encourage you. you got to go up, sister and brother. Right? Now listen, sometimes it does take a lot of faith to eat the food that is presented before us. I oftentimes find myself in a in in just like this 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 um like fight this battle of like if I stop at the McDonald's that was so conveniently placed between church and home, and I get my food and I say Lord bless this food. I often have the thought of, can you bless this food? Do I know better? And I like what's going on right here, right? But if the only time that you're actually muttering a word of prayer is to bless your food, my friends, we've got it backwards, right? I mean, we, 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 we've got to make sure that we're coming before the Lord day by day, morning by morning, evening by evening, that we're setting ourselves up for success in the right way. Here's what I like about it. When you have gotten out of the boat, it causes you to understand how much you need prayer. Think about it. Faith is rare in the comfort of the boat, but it is essential when stepping out. It takes a little bit of faith to understand that when you're in a boat, as long as what's on the outside of the boat doesn't get on the inside of the boat, you're okay, right? Like when I jump into a boat, I don't give it much thought. I know that the boat is doing what it's supposed to do, right? And I'm okay with that. But then if you ask me to get out of the boat, wait a second, this is a whole different ball game. We're facing a whole slew of circumstances, situations, and natural laws that are going to impede me from stepping out of the boat and walking on water. But I'm sure for Peter, you got to think about this. Peter is there and, and he sees Jesus. And, and I don't know if Peter just did not like awkward silence. You know when there's like an awkward moment of silence, there's always going to be the one person in the group that just blurts something out that makes absolutely no sense? But you're kind of thankful for it because you're like, man, this is getting really awkward, right? I'm okay with awkward silence. Actually, I enjoy it. I kind of like people struggling with awkward silence. I look at them and just smile, don't say anything. And, you know, because I know there's going to be someone in the crowd, and I don't want to be that someone in the crowd. I'd rather someone else make a, a fool of themselves, and I get to giggle alongside everybody else, right? But I think Peter was, was that guy. You see it time and time again when nothing is being done or nothing is being said. Peter's like, I'll rise to the occasion chop off a man's ear. You're not going to take my Lord and Savior, right? Uh, you know, says Jesus, that's not going to happen to you, then gets rebuked, right? There's all sorts of stuff that is happening in Peter's life. But one of the real things that I love about Peter is that Peter was the only one that said, Jesus, if it is you, to make certain that it is you, Lord, ask me to do something that nobody else has the power to make me do. Like he could have said, Jesus, if that's you, say the secret word. Maybe they had a secret handshake. Jesus, if it's you, just say it's me. But instead, Peter chooses to ask Jesus to do something that he had never really done before up until this very, mo this very moment. Peter's looking at Jesus. Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come. Tell me to come. 
Tell me to come out of the comfort of the boat into the unknown, into the supernatural realm. Because Peter began to understand that with Jesus, anything was possible. The, the pieces of the puzzle were starting to go together for Peter. He began to understand this is the same guy that could take a couple loaves of, of, of uh, bread and a few fish and, and feed a multitude. This is the type of person that turns water into wine. This is the type of person that even when people touch the hem of his garment, though no doctor in all of the land could fix this lady, by just one touch, she's healed. And Peter goes, what are the limits here? What are the possibilities if I just believe? And I would imagine that Peter, before he stepped out of the boats, would probably be like me and you before an exam, before something important that we fail to prepare for, are muttering some form of prayer. Lord, if it's you, help me pass my exam. Lord, if it's you, help me deal with this situation. And all of a sudden he goes, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus says, come. And Peter goes, okay. Lord, I thank you. I've been a fisherman all my life. I understand that if I step out of this boat, naturally speaking, I'm going to sink. The waves are big. They're scary. But Jesus, you told me to come. So let's do it. Help me, Lord. And all of a sudden gets out. What happens? He starts walking on water. Wow. Right? And all of a sudden you begin to see that faith begins to stimulate prayer. And I don't know how many steps Peter was able to take, but I know that each step that he took was a step of faith. Each time that he lifted one leg over, the uncertainty of the water, right? The fact that he's not supposed to be walking on water is probably rambling around in his brain. The fact that sometimes people will look at you and tell you it makes no sense that you're blessed. It makes no sense that you got that promotion. It makes no sense that you're blessed with this family. It makes absolutely no sense. And all of a sudden, just like Peter, it made no sense. But his prayer was stimulated. And I love this because one of the things that I love the most is that it took faith and prayer to get out of the boat. But even as he began to sink, you remember that, that part of Scripture, Matthew 14.30? It says, but when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. What was that? It was a cry for help, yes. But it was a prayer as well. And all of a sudden, it takes prayer for Peter to get out of the boat. But it also takes prayer for, for Peter to be saved by Jesus. And here's what I've learned. This church has operated by faith since day one. We've never wavered on the fact that we are going to go after what God said we can do. We're going to do it one way or another, but it's going to be done by faith. It's going to be done by hard work. It's going to be done by sacrifice. It's going to be done with people rallying together, understanding that the call is so much bigger than all of us individually, that we're only going to be able to do it corporately and together with one mind. But faith has this way of bringing us past our comfort levels, past our human abilities and our resources. There was nothing that Peter could do in his own strength and his own power to walk on water. If he could have, I'm sure that he would have saved himself the expense of a boat and would have walked out on the water every morning and every evening and cast his net, said hi to all of those suckers in their boats, and just continued on with life. But he couldn't. He wouldn't. He shouldn't. He understands that faith was going to take him past his comfort zone, take him past his understanding of what was what. 
Faith has a way to bring us past those levels. And Peter stepping out of the boat and realizing that he was beyond his ability, in a sense, cried out a prayer of help. And as we make the decision to walk by faith, we will spend a lot of time in prayer asking God for direction. We will ask God for instruction. And then this, is, I think, is the most important part. We'll ask God for the gumption to do it. It's one thing to ask God in faith by prayer, but it's a complete other to be the doer of that said prayer. To step out in faith. To launch that new business. To, to ask for that promotion. To, to ask out that, you know, other significant one that you've been checking out. I know, I see it. You know, you've you got to have faith. You've got to be a doer of the words. At one time or another, Peter had to make the choice. I've said my prayers. I believe in Jesus. I know who he says he is. I've seen examples time and time again of the miraculous, and he has called me to him. And I don't care if the natural laws of gravity uh, think that they're going to get me. I'm stepping out of this boat. And so faith will stimulate your prayer life. I can't tell you, some of you had the joy and the honor of being in this church for, for the last 20 years. But some of you were not around and you missed out on some of the most joyous times when we would hold prayer meetings before the steel was ever erected in this place. And then time and time again as we were building this building, I look around and I smile because I see moments of faith and moments of reminders of how great our faith was and how much we would pray. And I remember, Pastor Mike, you remember this just as much as I do, but several times they tried to shut us down. And I remember faith was all over Pastor Mike and he would gracefully but forcefully say, shutting down is not an option. And the first thing he would do, just like Jesus, would walk away and go to his prayer closet. And then we would call a corporate prayer meeting. Saints, gather. We need to pray. We're facing an obstacle that is great. And we would pray. And I can say this without fail, but not always as conveniently and fast as we would like it. Always seems like we were taken right to the brink. God would come through time and time and time again. I remember painting these rafters on sh shaky old scaffolds. Brian, you look like you like heights. But they got to be painted. I remember Marco was there with me. Going up, he was used to it. My hands were frozen on the bars. I was shaking like this, praying in tongues in languages I had never prayed for before. Because faith is going to take you places where you're uncomfortable. It's going to take you to places that are unknown to you. It's going to take you to places that don't make sense to you. And let me tell you, if you're ready and willing to go there, you better have sh sure, make sure that your prayer life has been stimulated. I love it. I love the fact that I can't walk by faith without first having a prayer life. But my prayer life also has faith. It's like this beautiful circle where I need more faith. And as I spend more time with Jesus, my faith is developed. And as my faith is developed, I want to spend more time with Jesus. And it's this beautiful circle. And we cannot allow ourselves to get out of this cycle of wanting to be with Jesus. Mark 11, let me remind you. The story, I, I, I believe, is you know when the disciples 
are going out, they've been sent out, and they, 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 they come across something that is a little bit too tough for them to handle, spiritually speaking. And Jesus answered them and said to them, have faith in God. This is his answer. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. See, the key is to believe. The key is to have no doubt. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That has been the model. That has been the, the, the calculation of this church. That has been everything that we have built here has been based on this, is that we will ask for things even when it doesn't make sense to ask for things. We will believe for God to move on our behalf even when it makes no sense. And you know what? Time and time and time again, it begins to happen. And I love this. I still, I still I love it because it's a great testimony. People ask us, how did you build this? By faith. No, 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 no. But, but how did you really build it? By faith. Every meeting with the bank was by faith. Every meeting with the architect was by faith. Every meeting with the lawyers were by faith. Every time a truckload of gravel came in here, and how many loads were there? 180 loads of gravel. I don't know if you ever tried to buy gravel before. It ain't cheap. Although the earth is filled with it, to get it to where you want it is not cheap. Every load coming in and leaving was by faith. Every beam that went up by faith. Every sheet of drywall that went up was by faith. Every beam that was painted at 28 feet in the, in the, in, you know, in the air by yours truly was definitely done by faith. But if we're going to walk by faith, my friends, one of the results, and it's one of the most beautiful ones, is you will see an increase in your prayer life. Number two, walking by faith motivates sacrifice. Look at this. The word sacrifice, by definition, is to give up something important or something valued for the sake of other considerations. So when we walk by faith, many times we will be motivated to sacrifice. It means we'll have to give something up in order to achieve or receive what it is that we are believing for. And oftentimes in my life, the way that things have worked out, when I'm believing God for a breakthrough in my life, oftentimes I am my biggest impediment because I'm hanging on to some old ways of thinking, or I'm hanging on to some old ideas, or I'm hanging on to some old habits. And before I make a step forward, Holy Spirit begins to speak to me to begin to let go. Because it's hard to grab on to something new when you're holding on to something old. And the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me, Brian, there is no advancement without some sort of a sacrifice. Maybe you're going to have to sacrifice some old ways of thinking. Maybe you're going to have to sacrifice some of your time or some of your energy. You know, if you've been spoken to by Holy Spirit to start a business, that's a big sacrifice. Launching a business is no easy task. Right? Now, you, you, you've you got to get everything in order. You've got to get your name registered. You've got to get your bank account set up. You've got to do the advertising. You've got to see what you're doing, how you're going to do it, all the logistics there for. And, and, and it's a lot of work, and it's going to take a lot of your time, and it's going to take a lot of your energy. Right? So everything that we want to do, everything that's going to cause us to advance in some way, shape, or form is going to require a sacrifice of us. Peter had to offer everything that he understood about the natural laws of the universe to consider walking on water. It made no sense. And even still today, it makes no sense. But oftentimes, walking by faith is contrary to the sense in our heads. It doesn't make sense. Sounds like faith to me. 
Pastor Mike say, hey, this is what we're believing for. That makes no sense, Pastor Mike. And he'll get a smile on his face. That's right. That's why we walk by faith around here. Okay, let's go. Right? Let's, let's go for it. He had to trust that the words of Jesus, now listen to this, were bigger and more powerful and more true than the laws of gravity that would try to pull him down. Think about that. You have got to understand that Jesus' words to you, that God's plans for you are bigger or stronger than anything else that is out there. He had to get past the fact of his understanding of how things were in order to step into how they could be. So Peter does what exactly it is that he's asked to do. I want to ask you today, is Jesus real to you? Is he real enough that you will take this word and begin to act on it, begin to apply it to your life? Will you believe once again? Will you understand that there's going to take sacrifice? There's going to take an offering from your life in order to do what God has asked you to do. Sacrifice in the kingdom of God, though, listen to this, never means the end of one thing, but rather it means the beginning of something entirely new. And so even when God asks us to sacrifice, if you think about it, it never really is a sacrifice. Because He always takes care of us. He's always building character into us. He's always leading us and guiding us by His Spirit. And so when He speaks... I have come to trust and understand that whatever it is he's asking of me is obviously better than what I've been doing. But it's going to take some trust, and it's going to take faith, and it's going to take the willingness to sacrifice the way that things used to be, the way that things currently are, in order to get there. We don't like to talk about that. Because we like our comfortable little world, don't we? I do, right? But the Bible describes faith often as a battle. There's contending to do. There's fighting to do. And fighting is never pretty. I've never seen someone fight and make it look pretty. It's always nasty, right? It's always like back and forth, taking a couple licks, giving a couple, right? Just going for it. Sacrifice in that kingdom of God never means the end of one thing, but the beginning of a new. Number three, you're with me still? All right. Number three, here's a beautiful result that you receive in your life. It produces harmony. Faith in your life will produce harmony around your life. When we step out in faith, this sense of harmony is produced. And sometimes the Bible refers to it as being in one accord. So when a group of people act single-mindedly, unanimously, in harmony, in unity, and without dissent, they are operating in what the Bible calls one accord. And any time you see the fact that it is written and they were in one accord, you will always see great miracles, great blessings, great additions to the church of Jesus Christ. So faith has a rallying power like nothing else in this world. I've felt it. I have actually been a part of it. And whether it's believing for a specific answer to prayer in a corporate setting or perhaps believing together for something so big, so wild, that it takes all of us together in harmony, in one accord, with the power of God to make it happen. You know, it's been said of soldiers when they're in the barracks, they have a tendency to fight and to bicker. Right? You get a bunch of guys, high testosterone, throw them together in the barracks. Ultimately, personalities are going to clash. There's going to be some bickering and some fighting. 
Whereas soldiers in the field of battle stand united because their lives depend upon it. And I don't know about you, but my life has depended oftentimes on the prayers of my brothers and my sisters. And I'm so thankful that faith produces harmony and one accord. Number four, because I am running out of time. Matthew, you give me like three minutes. Okay. Three minutes and you start playing. Okay. I like your shirt today, by the way. Number four, walking by faith produces praise to Jesus. Look at this. Matthew 14, Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. It took the faith of Peter to stir into the other disciples that truly he is the Son of God. Before this incident, he was just the Son of God. But after this incident, truly, something happened in the core of their being that now there's no doubt, there's no wavering, there's no questioning, but truly, truly, you are the Son of God. And I don't know about you, but I'm happy that every once in a while, someone raises up in faith and accomplishes something that still makes me go, truly God, you are. So I love it because faith produces a praise to Jesus. Think about this. If you have a hard time worshiping God, it's probably because you don't have faith in God. Because those that have faith in God know what He's able to do, understands that He's for you, and out of that, thanksgiving flows. Praise begins to come out. And I know some of you in this place are like me because I hear it. You're a wonderful person, but you are an awful singer. But this is my faith, that by time our praises reaches the heavens, it is the most beautiful sound that comes before our Lord's ears. The cry of someone who knows that God is their God. The cry of someone who understands that with God, anything is possible. The cry of someone who is thankful for touching their family or touching their body or realizing that, you know what, Lord? I was the chief of all sinners, but you saved me. You sanctified me. And although I ain't perfect just yet, I am in a process. And I thank God that each day gets better and better and better. And because of that, I won't shut up. I will praise God. I will praise Him on the mountaintops, and I will praise Him if I'm going down. I will praise Him when things are going just right, and I will praise Him all the more when it seems that my enemies are surrounding me. My praise is my battle weapon. And so your faith will produce a praise in you that cannot be silenced. Your praise will open up doors into your life that have seemed to be closed for some time. And as we reach out and step out in faith, we begin to praise. And you know what begins to happen as we praise God? As we praise God and as we sing and we worship Him, all of a sudden our eyes get off the boisterous winds. And all of a sudden our eyes get off our circumstances. Our eyes get off the I can't or I won't or I shouldn't. And all of a sudden, our praise says yes. It says yes to Jesus. One of the comments that has rocked me 
was when Travis Blackmore was here and he says, all I keep doing is saying yes. And I watched in the last six months as we've known him what his yeses has yielded. And I can't tell you about the impact that we're having across this city and across this world because we have chosen to be a church of faith. And lastly, I'll finish with this. Walking by faith produces excitement. You really can't be in faith and kind of be like, oh, everything's great, praise the Lord. It's the reason why we all have a pep in our step. It's the reason why we smile even when we face bad news. Because we understand God is for us. And if He's for us, then who can be against us? We begin to understand when Scripture says, listen, all things work together. For the good who loves God and those who are called according to His purposes and His plans. We begin to understand that yes, in the process we may be hurt, but He's my healer. We begin to understand that, you know what, they might even kill me. Well, guess what? Thank you for the early graduation gift. No more tears, no more sorrow. I get to spend the rest of eternity with my Savior. You've just quickened the process. So nothing, nothing should be impeding us when it comes to our faith. It produces excitement. I don't know about you, but I enjoy being part of CCC. I like showing up week after week, seeing what God's going to do. I like seeing God work in your life. I like hearing about different things that are going on. And a couple weeks later, hearing that things have completely changed. And we don't know how, but we really do. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. It's exciting to be in the center of God's will. It's exciting to be used by God in whatever capacity He chooses. Can you imagine what was happening inside of Peter? Like when he stepped out of the boat, even though he sank, who gives a rip? Every once in a while you'll sink, but Jesus is there to lift you up. Can you imagine what that did on the inside of him? I bet you, if I could ask him, he probably didn't sleep much that night. He was probably thinking, what else can we do? What else is possible? What's going on? And I would actually even probably imagine that when Peter denied Christ, not once, not twice, but three times, one of the things that the Holy Spirit reminded him of is, Peter, you once walked on water. You've fallen short today, but it's all right. The grace of God is upon your life to lift you up to carry you out and over. And then what happens to Peter? He becomes one of the most radical disciples. He becomes one of the most sold out disciples. I believe from that point on, he probably didn't waver. He was thankful for his second chance. Are you thankful this morning for your second chance with Jesus? Are you thankful for your third and fourth and fifth and thousandth chance with Jesus? produces excitement. Just the fact that He has called you should put us pep in your step. It's exciting to be a part of a church where God is doing great things. How are you doing? Today, are you still in the boat? Or have you been convinced in the last two weeks to take a step of faith today? Come on, stand to your feet today. I challenge you today to get out of the boat to get out of the boat of complacency, to get out of the boat of comfort, 
to get out of the boat of inactivity, to get out of the boat of fear, to get out of the boat of worry, to get out of the boat of shame, to get out of the boat of anxiousness. Whatever boat you're stuck in, today is your day to get out and to begin to walk on water, to begin to do the impossible, to begin to be what God has called you to be in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you today that your church right now, your people, your children are stepping out of the boat from left to right, from front to back. Lord, decisions are being made right now. Enough is enough. I don't want to be hindered no more. I don't want to be inactive anymore. I want my faith to stir in me today like never before. I want to be used by God Almighty however He chooses. All I got to do today is say yes. My friends, this morning, will you say yes to Jesus? Maybe today you're here for the first time or you've been here several, but you know that your life ain't right with Jesus that's the first step. To have enough faith and to be bold and wise enough today to choose Jesus. You see, there's always been this separation between humanity and God. And it was our sin. It was the fact that no matter how hard we tried, we would always fall short of His glory. And because of that, we were separate. We were separated from His goodness. We were separated from His promises. We were even separated from His presence. But thank God, He sent His only Son, Jesus, to pay the price that was required so that you and I could have access to our Heavenly Father forever. And upon that cross, dying a death that He did not deserve, being held there by the three nails, but more than that was ultimately being held there by the love that He had for each and every one of you. Decided in His mind and His heart that you were worth it and would carry through to the very end the thing that God had decided upon, which was to make a way of salvation for you today. And so today, you have the opportunity right now before a holy God to say, Lord, I need you. I trust you. Come into my life and change me. I've blown it. I've messed up. And I recognize that I need you more than I need the air that I breathe. And so we're going to say a prayer. And it's going to just be above my head right now. And if that's you today, you know that the Holy Spirit is tugging upon your heart. You know it from the minute you've walked in here or the minute that you've jumped online. God has been tugging at your heartstrings. And today is your day of dedication. Today is your day of salvation. Let us put our faith in Jesus and invite Him into our lives by repeating this prayer together. Come on. Jesus, thank You for paying the price for my salvation. I ask You to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I'm purposing to change the way I think and live. I accept You as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me to learn about You and to grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare that you're my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Listen, if you said that prayer for the first time, or maybe you've said it for the 400th time, 
I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing. Tell somebody. Let them know today I rededicated my life to Jesus. Let them know today I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Would you help me on this walk of faith? And I guarantee it will be a yes. Listen, living by faith is necessary, it is crucial, and it is actually to become our lifestyle. Don't be guilty like me and just have moments of faith. Or even like Peter, that he had a moment of faith, a burst of faith. I don't know about you, but the one thing I don't want to be accused of is, oh, you of little faith, when I could be commended for, oh, you of big faith. Still takes faith to have little faith. Might as well believe big. Might as well believe a big God for big things. Watch what He does in your life as you offer it to Him. In Jesus' name, amen.